three, two, one. Hello. <laughs> Isn't he you're looking for? I can, I can see, see it in, in your eyes. eyes. <laughs> right, here we go. <laughs> watch film but I'd be honest I mean when I first started watching film I was just watching the game hello everybody and welcome to the UK Packers podcast with my old buddy me old pal Stephen O'Brien hey bit you Jim Lottie how are you I'm all right yeah I like in the new accent you got going on cheers thought I'd bring it out so I tried um, to, yeah I tried to bring you in sort of I don't know you kind of needed a, like a theme song to come in like boxing then when I brought you in. Yeah, I know, yeah. But it's just going to be a, a G, an Irish jig or something, you know, embarrassing. For 12 three-minute rounds, prime time, oh, Brian. Prime time, oh, Brian. Conor McGregor first. You are undefeated in your career as a boxer, though, aren't you? Yeah, I went 0-0. Old, yep. old wins, old knockouts. So Absolutely, which brings me on to just a little thing. Did you notice that I scored more fantasy points than Ryan Fitzpatrick last night? Yeah. Was he in minus figures? What was it, six interceptions or something? Ridiculous. Yeah, I think in the end he was minus one, and as I scored zero, that makes me a better quarterback. <laughs> yeah, fantasy quarterback. And you have the beard going on. Does he still have that beard? You've got a he big He does. Fitzmagic has a great beard. Oh. Well, I so. mean... I mean, who wins but, that matchup? Well, I've outbearded him. I've outquarterbacked him. So, and we're about to out podcast him. Oh, you right? Uh, so good podcast. We should probably talk about. Yeah. Should probably talk about the Green Bay game. Yeah, we do. We kind of get before off track. We, before we lose everybody's attention in the first thirty seconds. Oh, I reckon they turned it off after that awful singing. Or maybe someone's listening to it and says, "Tell us, boys, they need a contract, pa." Yeah, I don't know. It was yeah. Robson and Jerome. No. Robson and Jerome, definitely. Which one are you, Robson or Jerome? Or are we going for I'm, someone cooler? I'm the uh, the one with the better voice, but not the looks. Grand, I'll be the dude with. What the, do you reckon? You're yeah. like the front. You're, you're like the front man, and I'm the the guy at the back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a joke in there somewhere. Um, but yeah, so this game. I mean, there's some good stuff, some bad stuff. Should we get the bad stuff out of the way? The most obvious bad stuff out of the way. The bad stuff is in we didn't notice that Jones was playing on on the Lions team. Yeah, I'm pretty sure if you I didn't hear the interviews at Randall after, but I'm pretty sure if you said uh, was Jones hard to cover, he'd go who? Sorry, what? And Ebron as well. Do you know what about Ebron? Sorry, w- w- sorry, what? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to get caught up on the negatives because I think actually it was a really good performance generally especially if you look at what we were doing last week. So there's a lot of people that are going to jump on me for that, but there's a lot of good things in there. And yes, it was all first half and they came back in the second half. And I think that was down to really the mentality in that we seem to stop going for it. And I think if I saw somebody tweet us, and I apologise, I can't remember who it was now, but somebody tweeted us and said, if that was a Belichick team, they they wouldn't have stepped off their throats, basically, is what he was saying. You know, they wouldn't have let up like that. Yeah. and just tried to see the game out. Mm. So, And I think we did do a bit of that, really. We started to run the ball more um, and then taking our foot off the gas a little, we let the Lions back in. Mm. Yeah, but rightly so. I mean, I'd agree with that. I would take that every day. I don't think you should be putting your players in the full contact. 
uh, when you've basically won the game. Now, you can say they didn't win the game because we were only a touchdown score away from it being a tie. But that's always the danger you're going to have. I mean, if you slow down your offense and you don't get them, you don't get them having that rhythm, that timing, you know, you're not just going to be able to switch that on. So if that's the game plan that you decide to do in the second half, I mean, albeit, but look, I know we've bagged on the defense and they were, you know, I'm just going to say it, they were awful against the pass. Um, it looked like that they were running the same stuff all the time, weren't they, Ryan? Like when I was watching it, it was Jones on the right side down beside the touchline He'd either stand at the marker or he'd just peg it and Randall would basically fall over each time. And then they had, in the middle of the field, they had Ebron the tight end running the seam route every single time and Matt Stafford had to just decide whether he wanted to go really far right or down the middle. And it seemed to work almost every time. Yeah, I mean, Jones ends up on 205 yards, Ebron on 69. Obviously, there was that big long play that Jones had of 73 yards, which was, I guess you could say, was it a missed tackle? He certainly had him in his clutches. Jones ends up with two touchdowns. I think Bolding got the other one. That Those numbers are crazy good numbers. Anyone that had Jones in their fantasy team would have been loving it, but he was almost allowed to do as he pleases. Now... I said at the start there, and I still stand by it, I think it was a good win because we showed the intent and we had rhythm on offense. Our run defense is, I think, the best in the league for yards allowed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, okay, there is an issue with the pass defense. Now, we need to get that fixed because, and I know that sounds a really obvious thing to say, but going into the bye week, there needs to be a lot of work done and we need to get that fixed because it doesn't matter how good our new improved linebacker core is who I think are doing brilliantly well. I really like Joe Thomas. Yeah. Um, Nick Perry, uh, you know, you can, is he coming towards um, contract negotiations again, isn't he? And you can tell because he's actually started playing. Um, That's really good there. The run defense, Mike Daniels continues to be a beast. Kenny Clark showing up. Um, Lowry, all these the young guys that are playing on D at the minute, and they're all showing up. Oh, Fackel getting the sack as well. Honorable yeah. mention, you know. Crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, Martinez is running it. He's a rookie. Jake Ryan's looking decent, but our secondary is struggling. Now we've got injuries in there. Okay, we're missing two big players out of that secondary. Um, and Rollins, he's not had the best start to the year. But look at the play he had on Ebron where he stripped the ball. You know, so we've got ballers in there. We've got people that can play. And I'd, they've got to go into this week now, this week off, and really work out what they're doing and start changing it up because you won't make a Super Bowl run, keep giving up passing yards like we've done so far. Yeah, and I mean, I know we don't want to focus on the negative, but I look at the lack of pass um, defence as a good thing. And I know people are going to say, what are you talking about? But listen to me. I mean, we've shut down the run. Our run defense is absolutely insanity. I think at the start of the game, uh, Riddick had five runs for negative yards. I mean, you know, his, his net average was negative. So our mm-hmm. run defense is ridiculous. So what we've done is if we've made a team one-dimensional when we play them, so they have to pass the ball. So can you imagine if once we sort out, and I'm going to say once because... There was twice in this game that we had interceptions that went into the hands and back out again. So Hyde had one. I think he was in the end zone almost at the time. It was on maybe the first uh, Detroit drive. And then there was definitely one in the second half as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, there was an interception in and out of the hands. Gunter, I think. And I was sort of thinking, you have to catch them because they went on to score a field goal after that. And, you know, that's points that they wouldn't have had if you had just caught the ball. Now, terrible field position. Um, 
but still if you caught the ball we would have been rolling so it's a good thing but you know if we're going to force them to have the pass then we have to protect the pass and what i've seen time and time again ryan with this is is that we seem to be playing the zonal defense that we give these lads space now i don't know whether it's because we're stacking the box too much and that we're too high on the line of scrimmage and that when they do try stretches that we get you know we get exposed or whether it's just down to some individual bad plays because you know when jones ran down for that super long touchdown uh randall had thought that he went out of bounds so you can see him hesitate and then when he realizes oh no he you know he's not out of bounds and he makes the run it's too late you know and that's that's naivety isn't it i mean you need to tell him yeah. wrap up yeah, like don't some, something like that's a player error and we saw quite a few times on there i think there was um i'm trying to think who it was outside linebacker it might have even been nick perry that that comes in tries to make a big hit and doesn't wrap up yeah and you know we, we know because our defense has had those issues in the past few years and we don't want to see that stuff coming back in but that will be coached to the guys on the day every single day they're in, they're in training that will be coached to them if they then go out there and they want to make the highlight reel hit and not wrap up that's on the player yeah and th- that's exactly it these are all coaching opportunities because let's sort of break down the game it ended 34 27 but I mean, you can take 14 points off the Lions immediately and maybe even more for slowing their momentum with the following. Number one, Randall thought that Jones was outside and that he was going to be, uh, the play was going to be stopped. He ended up legging it down the sideline, getting the touchdown. That's seven points. If he hadn't hesitated there and wrapped them up, well, then that means that the Lions would not be 27. They'd be, it'd be 34-20, bigger margin. The second one, Randall falls over. And then Jones finds himself again in the end zone, falling backwards and catches the ball. If he hadn't have fell over, um, well, then he would have been in a great position to make a play on that ball, if not even intercept it. Because, I mean, let's face it, Jones wasn't in the... It wasn't as if he hit Jones in his stride and there's nothing we could have done about it. Randall just fell over. You know, and maybe yeah. Stafford wouldn't have even picked that pass had Randall been all over him. So, I mean, that's that's another seven points that you could take away because of player error. You know, I mean, so then they're on, what, 13? So it's 34-13, and it's an absolute drubbing. Then if you add in the two passes that literally hit, you know, the palms of our defensive players and bopped out again, and you can take yeah. those, and that would slow the momentum as well. So I think we could have, this could have been an absolute massacre. Yeah, so what we're saying is, look, let's just wrap this up. We, we recognise there are negatives in there, and there are certainly things to work on. But I think, my opinion anyway, and I don't know if you share it, is that, this was a much better performance and it's something that we can now start to get excited about. Oh, definitely. And let's let's leave the defensive stuff aside because we've already, look, from my perspective, we've already seen that this is actually a positive, not a negative. If you shut down the run so effectively they have to pass, you're in a great, great position because you sort out your pass and then you're fine. So let's get on to the offense. So Ryan, were you encouraged by what you've seen? Because there was an awful lot of naysayers out there when it came to the second half. But I think you need to look behind the stats, don't you, to find out exactly what happened in the second half. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, without a doubt, you're so far ahead that, that essentially they come out and like say, there's, they, it's disappointing as a fan, okay? But I think it would be more disappointing for the neutral fan watching that game than the Green Bay fan. And the Green Bay fan should probably understand that it was done for a reason. You want to try and run the game out. You want to try and like let, let the clock tick down and sort of save your players from the chance of injury. And mm. we've already seen that our defense especially has already got a number of injuries. You don't want people on your offense to start getting injuries. So you try and just run the game out and you be conservative. Look after the ball. Don't make mistakes. That sort of thing. Yes, it went from an electric lights out first half to 
a completely different game in the second half where and then obviously ends up at some point almost that panicky feel as you really see the Lions start to come back so I don't think we got it right in doing what we did but I can almost understand why they tried to do it but let's look at some positives okay Aaron Rodgers throws for 205 yards and four touchdowns and Eddie Lacy with the probably with the increased running in that second half goes 17 attempts and gets his 100-yard game, goes to 103 yards with that long, and it was a beautiful, beautiful run, Mm. 25-yard long run. So lots of positives there. Still no rushing touchdowns uh, the other night. It was all obviously in the air. It was two for Nelson, one for Adams, one for Rodgers. But I think there's plenty of of things to be positive about, and I think, and I'm sure you you feel the same way here, seeing Rodgers and Nelson look like they are back on the same page and look in rhythm and having that chemistry back, for me, is exciting because that's only going to get better. Yeah, you're dead right. And it is back. I definitely think it is back. I don't think it's premature on us saying it because if you look at Nelson's production, he's had a touchdown every game since he's been back. In this game, he had two. And if you look at the way those touchdowns went, one of them was him running to the corner of the end zone, getting that kind of over-the-shoulder throw over to the defender, and Nelson knew to you know pop his hands up, reel it in. And then the second one was where the play broke down. Nelson found himself some space in the end zone, and Rodgers, you know, on a run, went and hit him right in the bread basket. So, you know, the two of them are definitely on the same page again. Nelson knows what routes to run. Like, I heard even the commentator say, oh, that was a beautiful route there by Nelson. I mean, it's run to an absolute T. Now, there were some bad plays in there from the offense, but not a whole lot. I mean, like you said, the second half is what people are focusing on because you can't criticize a first half where there was four touchdown passes. But, I mean, there were some errant throws in there. Um, you know there was that pass that we seen that was uh, to Eddie Lacy and there was nobody on Rodgers particularly there's not too much pressure uh, it was coming but it wasn't there um, in his face and Eddie Lacy was there and he just skied it over his head so you'll have passes like that in the game and everyone likes to jump all over them on Twitter you know you just need to sort of calm down but the second half I mean if you run through it the Packers did pretty well they were running they were run intensive I think what I saw the stat or something did Aaron Rodgers only get the uh, attempt five passes or something like that in the second half or is that just me talking out my face? I don't know. I haven't got it in front of me. But I mean, certainly, yeah, there was a lot less passes thrown than there were in the first half. But I, I don't have numbers. That's a good strategy, though. Because, I mean, you, you come out from the half, what was it, 31-3? And you, what you want to do is is you want to, you know, keep your offense on it. You want to run down the um, the time. Yeah, 31-10, was it? Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, you want to run down the clock. So, of course, you're going to be run intensive. And as well as that, I don't know about you, but Eddie Lacy looked good. Eddie Lacy looked like he was going to pick up a minimum four yards per chunk when he was going five. And then he had some beautiful runs where he just burst through. You know, there was some good holes being opened on the O-line. So, Eddie Lacy looked good. Uh, Aaron and Jordy are definitely on the same page. Um, Adams was catching some slants. Because that's what I noticed as well, Ryan, right? The simple stuff. Packer slants, they're back. I think the first pass play was to Jared Cook and it was a Packers land for a first down, I believe. So it's good to see them back. It is good. And I think I think while the receivers on the field looked good, Randall Cobb, three targets, one reception, 33 yards. Yeah. That's odd to me that he's not getting more ball. Adams, two targets, two receptions. So just listen to that. That was 100%. <laughs> <laughs> um, but 23 yards, two receptions. Cook got three targets. Rogers got three targets. So a little bit, we we started to see the tight ends get used more, which is what we've asked for. And we've been saying, you know, why, why aren't these games guys getting in, in the game more? Certainly in the red zone, why they're not getting more looks. They now seem like they have done. Yeah. 
but we're still not seeing any more receivers get into the game. So Montgomery played on on special teams. We saw Trevor Davis on on spe- on special teams. I'm oh, sorry, I think Trevor Davis. Sorry, got got one target that he um that he dropped. Yeah, that was we a bad see- drop too. Like you can yeah. see why Aaron Rodgers wouldn't trust someone who drops such an easy pass like that. So yeah, I thought Davis did well in general. He had the he had the return that was that came back because of a penalty. He had the long pass that went to him that was called uh, a penalty for pass interference on the defense, which he probably would have got. I'm sure he would have caught that. So Davis got into the game a little bit and looked good. Like I said, Montgomery didn't get in at all. Aradaris didn't get in at all. Um, but certainly Montgomery had probably one of the smartest plays we've seen so far this year. Oh, that was excellent, wasn't it? I mean, the knowledge to know, that's good special teams training. Yeah, I mean, that that is... They said he went... They, they, I think the commentator said, you know, the guy was out of Stanford and he sh- certainly showed his intelligence in, with that play. I mean, that's a rule. I'm going to say it, and I don't, anybody out there that knew it, then fair play to you, but I, I did not know that was a rule. No, neither did I. And then when they when they got that... What did we start at, our 40 or something like that? And I was sort of thinking, Jesus, that's some good field position now off yeah. that really clever play. So that ball basically came to a stop on the two or three yard line. We'd have been backed up in our end zone. And because he knew that, that rule and got himself out of bounds, touched the ball. I mean, his kickoff's gone out of bounds penalty and we start at the 40-yard line. So on that one one play there, he, he's you know gained us plus 35 yards of, of, of field position. Yeah, and I mean, the, the guys at Packers.com, uh, Wes Hodkowitz and Mike Spofford, they have some great material always. So go on and check it out. And I think they raised the, the issue of field position in the last few games. So they had, you know, I think there was, I think we only had two possessions it was either against the Jags or the Vikes or whatever it was that we actually had in any way decent field possession and then we ended up going mm-hmm. down and scoring a touchdown whereas other times, you know, it's very hard to be creative when you're on your own 20-yard line, you know, and you have to snap the ball back and then you're trying to make them respect the run. They're not going to respect the run from your own 20. They're going to know that you're going to try pass it or, or play fake. So, you know, you can get way more creative when you've good field position, which again, I think, helped us in this game. I don't know what Robinson was doing for the Lions, trying to take the ball out every single time. He never made a pass the 20-yard line, and at one time, I think he ended at his own 10, uh, which is, again, is half his boneheaded mistake, and it's also half uh, our special team's play being excellent that we got down there nice and quick and wrapped them up. Yeah, I mean, I understand that guy wants to make a name for himself and maybe uh, maybe get on a highlight reel, player of the day type thing. But at some point, someone had to have a word with him, surely, oh, yeah. and tell him to start being a bit more sensible. But worked out for us, so we're quite happy with it. Yeah, and special teams in general. I mean, if you look at that very high snap as well for Jeffrey Shum, and uh, I mean, it, he jumped up, caught oh, it, yeah, and punted it away. Yeah. And you know what the commentators had to say at the end? Oh, it was a short kick. That was a, the longest kick you can expect when you have to jump, you know, seven body lengths of you up in the air like a flea to catch yeah. that ball and get it down. Because he, he was, I mean, he's a split second, isn't he? He's he's a human hair away from from the Lions defender coming in and blocking that kick, and he does yeah. brilliantly because everything's going to be off timing. The, the the blocking's going to be off timing. Do you know what I mean? He mm. he he does brilliantly to even get that kick away. Um, if that had sailed over his head, gone back, and and it, one of the players had run through, you know, the, it, more than likely he's going to end up a touchdown to the Lions. So that was a great great play from from obviously what could have been a, a bit of a nightmare. Yeah, and I mean a notice a notable mention as well for me would be A Rod's legs. I mean, how many times did he take off running when he had to in the second half to get that first down to prolong our possession to run down the clock? You know, there was one where he, I think he had a 15-yard run and uh, he, we got the first down, but it was called back. I think it was a Brian Balaga holding, um, which, again, you can understand when, when your O-line's out there trying to hold players off you to stop the quarterback from getting damaged. I, You know, I don't really 
look at those plays and frown upon them. Now, I know the play got called back and A-Rod did the exact same on the next play and it wasn't called for holding, got the first down and we marched on. I mean, you can't really go against an O-lineman for an error like that, but what you can go against the player is Nick Perry on the D when he got that unsportsmanlike conduct for a gesture. You do not give up 15 yards that easy like that, especially, what was it, Ryan? Was it a third down? Yeah, I think yeah, I think it was. Um, and, you know, it's, it's just a, such a bonehead play and it's, you know, we get it. You got the sack. That's enough. It's on the stat sheet. We all saw it. You know, put put the belt on, give it the Clay Matthews, do whatever. But it doesn't need that gesture on yeah. the football field. Now, it's a dumb rule. And mm. I tell you, it's a dumb rule because that player's job is to go and absolutely destroy that other player. So then by, you know, doing the cutthroat thing or whatever, you know, so what? He's already mashed him into the floor. You know, and oh, what? Now, <laughs> now he's hurt his feelings. I mean, come on. It's the <laughs> dumbest rule ever. You've near enough broke the guy's spine by throwing your body through him. But because you did the cutthroat thing, now we might have upset him a little bit. So now we'll give a 15-yard penalty. So it's dumb. But the thing is, it is a penalty and it's it's in the rules and we, you have to respect it. And he knows that as well. And you can see his teammates. I think it's Jake Ryan comes flying up to him, trying to pull him away and sort of get him back to the huddle because he's he can see what he's doing and where it's going. Mm. So players obviously know that stuff because other players around him are, t- you know, sort of trying to shout in his ear and tell him to stop it. Yeah. But yeah, it was a real dumb play. Going back to... Uh, your first point on Roger's legs. The beauty of that is when a defence thinks they have him contained. They think they have all the receiving options covered and then he runs out and he takes 10, 15, 20 yards off you. That is a, just an, an absolute morale killer for any defence. Yeah, and what I like about him as well is, now I don't know whether he does it deliberately for this exact purpose or not, but you'll often find that he'll step into the gap as if he's going to run you know, the defenders at the line will go and shift to try stop him and then he'll just sort of, you know, re- put it in reverse and that puts them off balance. So that, that when the O-lineman then pushes, you know, the defensive lineman, he just falls over real easy because it's effectively like that, you know, that break leg play that they do in basketball where you go to lunge forward and stop and the person falls over. It has that kind of effect which buys Rogers more time, which means that, you know, his receivers downfield can get open because even downfield, yeah. you know, if you're a safety or a cornerback and you're looking, you can see the the quarterback going to make a run you know you're the line of defense then because you know that he's going to break that line otherwise he wouldn't run so then they start to come off the wide receivers and it just buys so much time and he did that a few times last night and it was very very impressive now i have to say he seems back on form and he seems like he's having fun as well ryan doesn't he yeah yeah and we said didn't we in the last podcast about you know why is he not photobombing people in the captain's photos yeah now he did it this week and he came out and scored four first half touchdowns. I think we, I think we essentially helped him out there because we know Aaron listens to the to the show. Hey, hey, Rod, how you hey, doing? Hey, Aaron, how um, are you? Yeah, he listens to the show and he obviously thought, do you know what? I haven't been photobombing the photos, and he's gone out and done it. So, you know, we're not taking all the credit, but we're just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and I hear you mentioning the, the, the I hear you mentioning the baller skills on the courts. You've obviously been watching my game again. You know, seeing me just. Yeah, I've seen you fall over. <laughs> <laughs> that's someone yeah I think you're the guy who breaks these yeah I'll tell you what you have the high for it anyway uh, definitely have the high for it what are you around 7 foot 2 just just under yeah just under it's 6 foot 1 yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, th- I think the beard makes you look taller or something because yeah. that's the thing you know people are going to come to this London meetup and they're not going to know at all because we've we've sort of said conflicting heights 
because they're you know they're gonna realize that you're actually only five foot two and I'm six foot seven and there's a massive Laurel and yeah. Hardy mismatch there. Yeah, I'm actually five foot two and only weigh ten stone. You know, so yeah. you're not really gonna recognize me. No, just look for the beard. Look down, look down for the beard, and you'll find him somewhere. <laughs> That's actually really odd. <laughs> yeah, there's a joke right. in there somewhere. Okay, what I want you to do now then, give me your player that most impressed you on D. Um, I know I'm putting you on the spot, but... Yeah, do you know what, like, right, the boring one, Mike Daniels. I mean, I just think that he... Boost. Boost. I just think he has to be double teamed the whole time. He's just an absolute animal. Uh, Blake Martinez or Martinez, whichever way you want to pronounce. I mean, that guy, what, had stitches and he just kept bleeding. I, didn't they in the bro- yeah, broadcast? They uh, said he was like uh, Johnny Blood McNally, which is a favourite of ours. Yeah, or the old famous Ray Nitschke photo where the, with the cold air coming out. But, you know, yeah. I mean, is there a picture of Ray Nitschke where he's not got his or somebody else's blood on him? Yeah. But yeah, I mean, he looked good. Um, what I think is really good about Daniels that you mentioned as well is whilst he's got those other younger guys on the defensive line having an old head, and I hope he doesn't, because, you know, we know Mike listens as well. Hi, Mike. How well, he was actually on the podcast, and so that one we're not yeah. taking the mickey. Yeah. But... yeah, he actually does listen. Um, <laughs> but, you know, what I'm saying is in terms of experience, he's got an old head. And I think that him being on there, I mean, he is lights out performing at the minute. He, I think he's one, he's probably one of the most underrated players in the league, mm. not by Packers fans and people that watch him week in, week out. Yeah. But I don't think there's many players talking about Mike Daniels. But he is big time for this defensive line and this defence. And I think having him on there with those other younger guys, one, those younger guys are really going to learn something good from this bloke. And two, um, you know, they're going to really become a solid unit and really... really I think, be a massive factor through this season. Yeah, do you know what? I think the atmosphere in the locker room has sort of bred this nasty or Mike Daniels. He's nasty. I mean, when we had him on the podcast, he seemed like a no BS kind of guy. You know, he wasn't going to finesse any answers. He was going to tell you exactly how it is. But the best interview I've ever seen with Mike Daniels, apart from our own, was uh, where he was in the locker room just before the week. Uh, one game. And they asked him, well, what are you going to have to do with this young Jacksonville team? He goes, we just have to hit him in the mouth. And they went, oh yeah, but you know, they have some, we just have to hit him in the mouth. And what's your game plan? Nothing, just need to hit him in the mouth. I mean, you know, because there's enough, there's too much looking back into this whole like, oh, tell us the psychology and how did you feel? And sometimes you just have to put a halt to that crap, don't you? And say, nothing, I just have to hit the guy as hard as I can, you know, put the, you know, scare up him, make sure that he doesn't do it again, that he doesn't run my way. Because is there is there a really um, brilliant soundbite from Mike from last season where he's shouting at... Adrian Peterson on the ground going, I told you not to come my way, I told you! You know, it's just like, that's what you want. You want some big, massive dude standing over you with a wrestling background telling you, you know, don't insult me by coming my way, run the other way the next time. Yeah, no, I think I think he's great, and I think he's such a good player. And uh, I think it's time for... I think it's time for me to get a Mike Daniels jersey this oh, yeah. season. Yeah. I've got to get one every year, and I think this season I'm going Mike Daniels. And so, so. Let, let's get back to that then, Ryan. I mean, my, my guys were Mike Daniels. Now, I'd say the person that impressed me most, which I was reluctant enough to say because of that penalty, was Nick Perry. I thought he played out of his skin. Um, I thought he was excellent. But who would you go for? Who would you give the old uh, Oscar to? I'm liking Joe Thomas, and we saw a lot more of him during this game because, obviously, uh, Martinez had to go off and get stitches redone, get mopped up, taped up, and you know, kept getting glued back together and back out on the field. But Joe Thomas, actually, I, I really liked it. Now, stat-wise, it says he's got three tackles, two solo. Yeah. But I don't know. I just I feel like he's on the field. He always seems to be on top of the action. He always seems to be, if he's not the first guy there, he's he's that guy that's swarming in to make the second hit and wrap somebody up. And, you know, I just like him. He's busy. 
He's busy all the time. Yeah. Um, you know, we saw from the last game, you know, when he, he sort of, the ball was bobbling about and he, he comes in and gets hold of the ball and, and off he goes. I just like him. And I think the more he plays, the, the bigger and better player he's going to get. But yeah, I think if I was going to pick out the top performer for the day, then yeah, I'm probably looking at Nick Perry as well. Yeah, and I mean, if we give sort of the special mention for a special play, just one singular play, and I know we've stuck the boot in a bit in this podcast, but I think rightly so. Randall, I love the way he stripped the ball and ran it back, uh, which, you know, counts for his interception. I love mm-hmm. that. And the reason I love it is, is because in Irish rugby, that's what we specialise in. It caused the Welsh to start cribbing in the World Cup because we were doing it so much. So it's a, it's called a choke tackle. So it's an absolute skill. You get two or three players, as many as you need, and you make sure that the player doesn't go to ground. You stand them up. And when you stand them up, then you strip the ball. And Ireland were famous for that. You know, the Irish rugby team standing players up and one guy would come in then and maul the ball away. And that's exactly what Randall did, is that they stood him up, he plucked the ball and he made a fantastic return and I think do you know what I think the NFL could benefit from some type of choke tackle action now if there's any Welsh uh, people listening to the pod which we know there are they'll know Ireland full well for doing that they'll know that the Welsh coach came out and started cribbing about it and then they themselves were absolutely brilliant at doing the choke tackle then in the upcoming tournament it might have been the Six Nations then after all they're given out they went and perfected it themselves so you know, I think there's room for plays like that and I don't understand for the life of me where you have running backs running with the ball, you know, fancy style with one hand or one arm. Yeah, if you're a seasoned back like Adrian Peterson, have at it. But if you're a young running back, they should be taught, and maybe they are, but it's not effective, to punch that ball out and get that turnover because it seems too easy at times. Yeah, I mean, definitely that's a skill they're taught. I played on defense for a while, and if somebody's running, especially if you're behind them trying to catch them up, you're taught to swing that fist in. I think it's a real difficult skill, and as well, I think those running backs obviously trained to, to have that thing in there like a vice grip. Yeah. Um, but certainly, as you're talking about like this rugby style of stand-up tackling, if you like, and you know, sort of holding the player up while you take the ball from him. I remember Clay Matthews doing it a few years back. It might even be more than a few years back now, and he did it. And I tell you what, it's always such a great play to see someone strip the ball, turn and run. And when that happened the other night, you're right, Randall's been having a rough time, but that was one of those plays that made me jump up off the sofa and start, you know, fist bumping and everything else. You know, that's that's what you want to see. That's exciting stuff. And, and yeah, if we can do that, we've got ballers in that defence that can make things happen. And that, that was one example of it last night. Yeah, and I mean, that, that could have been one of three because we've seen that the ball went in and out of Hyde's hands and then actually it was Joe Thomas that it went in and out of his hands as well. So, I mean, we yeah. could have had three interceptions on the night and that, that would have been absolutely incredible. So, positives, Ryan. I mean, all positives with the game for me, you know? Yeah, I think so. So, if we're going to talk our standout player on offence, is it pretty easy to do that one? Are we both going to say the same guy? Yep, Justin Perillo. Oh yeah, one catch, 13 <laughs> yards, baby. Always open. I th- I'm, st- I'm starting to think. <laughs> you couldn't miss the 7-11, yeah? Oh, uh, 7-11. Starting- I'm starting to think that you and Justin Perillo go way back and you're, you're trying to name drop him every <laughs> week, no matter what. Yeah, you see, his real name was Justin O. Perill, you know, but he had to change his name to make him sound more sexy when he went abroad. So he's actually an Irishman from uh, County Clare. Oh, here we go, back with the Irish <laughs> <laughs> I think it. I mean there's there's on our offense. Come on, there's there's two standout guys in terms of the skill position. That's Nelson and Lacey. Yeah. Nelson goes 101 yards, as we said, off a of seven targets, six receptions. Lacey, 17 attempts, 103 yards. They're you two guys that stand out if you look at the stat sheet. But I think obviously the position that never really stands out will be your offensive line guys. 
And so this is where I'm going to go away from the Normia. I'm going Lane Taylor because we're three weeks in now and nobody's discussing this guy at all. We're still not talking about him. Yeah. The name's not coming up, which means he's doing his job. Yeah. So there you go. I'm going to I'm going to pick the guy that nobody's mentioned and it's Lane Taylor. Yeah, and I mean, look, the, the proof is in the pudding. If you look at Eddie Lacy's stats, 17 attempts for 103 yards. You know, he's after breaking the 100-yard mark. I think that was the first time he did it in eight or nine games. You know, and his longest attempt then was 25 yards. So, you know, they seem to be breaking open the lanes for him. Sometimes I think, yes, it can be better. They could be doing it better. But, I mean, look, you're up against defensive players who would be able to read the run, especially when you're getting run intensive in the second half. They're, they're going to try to shut that down. I can't look past Jordy Nelson. I think it's brilliant. Six receptions for 101 yards, two touchdowns, 49 yards. I mean, he's his longest. Randall Cobb. When you have players that only get one reception but run that for 33 yards... I mean, we're doing pretty well. And you know what, Ryan? I do not think we've even started to utilize our tight ends. Um, do you? I mean, you know, I think that Cook could definitely get more involved. Perillo, I know I joke about it. And he's, you know, because some people have a sneaky uh, liking for players. And Perillo, I have to say, is one of mine because he's always, he was wide open on that play. Um, but we need to utilize our tight ends a bit more, which is going to be frightening when that machine starts to roll. Yeah, is I think for me... From what I've seen so far, I think Richard Rogers has, has, has reacted brilliantly to having Jared Cook give him a bit of pressure for his position. Yeah. Um, and I think actually Richard Rogers, and it's probably because he's already got a season under his belt with A-Rod and Jared Cook's maybe still, you know, they're feeling each other out. But for me, I think Richard Rogers is the better performer at this point. And uh, I've, I've liked him so far. And, and it'll be interesting when we get towards the end of season to see who has the biggest stats. Yeah, do you know what? I mean, uh, and people kept saying, oh, thank God Jared Cook's here because, you know, we weren't cutting up with Richard Rogers. Richard Rogers last year was a top 20 tight end, tight end. And when you look at Jared Cook, he was number 53 or something, you know? So, I mean, he was, he was definitely not tacked on. And in fact, the commentary last night turned around and said, oh, there's Richard Rogers, the number one tight end in Green Bay. You know, and I was sort of thinking, that's curious. I would have thought it would have been Jared Cook, you know, especially for him making the, uh, the FA splash for him. But, yeah, I mean, some people still see Richard Rogers as the guy with Jared Cook coming in to lend support. As, I suppose in the same way that they look at Julius Pepper as being, you know, the the guy to come in and help out Clay Matthews not to take over from him. Um, you know, so I, I yeah, yeah I, I think we can get the tight ends involved more, but I really, really liked what we saw. I was just going to say, you, you mentioned there the commentators saying something last night and, and proclaiming Rogers to be the, the star. But they also proclaimed last night that Nick Barnett was on defence and making a tackle, which was brilliant considering he hasn't played for, I don't know, what, six, seven years, maybe eight years? No, I think um, Nick Barnett, uh, the linebacker, was playing in the 56 jersey, which obviously now has got, was it 56? Yeah, 56. Mm. And that's obviously now. Pepper's jersey and the guy that made the tackle was 53 it was Nick Perry Jeez. and I'm sure they, they 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 proclaimed Nick Barnett to have made the tackle yeah so and Nick Barnett here you go a little fact for you the reason that I wore 56 in my first season when I was playing American football started playing as a linebacker because Nick Barnett was my favorite oh yeah there you go just a little just a little fact for you there yeah so I mean not to end the sort of this because we will wrap up the sort of post review now not to put it down around it I think that you know, we I think that we will come out and we will get the pass defense sorted, but we have to get it sorted sooner rather than later, don't we? Because I mean, we we have the bye week now, so week five we have to deal with Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, week six we're gonna have Des Bryant, 
week seven we're gonna have the Bears, so yeah just chalked it up to a win uh week eight we're going to have julio jones you know and then we're then we face andrew luck and the colts uh, so we're, we have some proper quarterbacks and some proper wide receivers coming our way that will pick us apart if we don't we we do yeah but we'll be fine right let's let's have a look at this right week one Paul Green and his family go out to Jacksonville and we win. UK Packers, right? Mm-hmm. Week three last night, James Thorne, a UK Packer guy, goes out to the game and we win. Didn't have anyone at the Vikings game, which we lost. Week four would be bye week. Week five for the Giants game, Tom Coles from the UK Packers will be at that game. So we're going to win that one. Oh yeah. Then we are at the game in week six. And there's loads of us. There's nearly 30 of us, so we're probably going to win by about a 50-burger. And then we're at the... The Bears game as well, the yeah. Thursday night game. So I could see nothing but wins because basically <laughs> when the UK Packers roll into town, into Green Bay to watch a game, we win. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so. well, that's sort of I mean, so any UK Packers out there, if you'd like to take the Falcons game onwards, if we need just one person, please, to attend each game, and then we'll end this. <laughs> you do know, though, if, 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 say, we complete the streak... And this will be interesting now. Every game that a UK Packer attends was a win. I think that's the point where we write to the mayor and say, look, dude, you need to start funding at least one of us to come out. Yeah. And uh, we'll do that thing. We'll put the names into a, into a hat and 99 of them will be my name. One of them will be a lucky listener. And uh, I think that's how we'll do it, please. You're not even, even going to fix it so I get to go? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, you've already went. You've had your fun. That's fine. Fair enough. You're gonna stay at home now. I'm just looking at your their packer room though, Ryan. That that's what that's what irks me, you know. So all that signed merch behind you is just I'm sort of thinking I can't be sending you over to Green Bay to get more signed merch. Ah, you see, but I've got my contacts over there that are gonna be getting me some stuff while they're out there. But talking of signed merch and a way to get some, this is a great link. We're getting good at radio here. Oh, the Segway man is unreal. If you want signed merch now, you've got to get to our Saturday night party because big announcements coming out of there. No, only have plenty of Packers giveaways, but we have got two signed items to give away, haven't we? We do. Number one is? The signed Gilbert Brown mini helmet. Which is pretty which... sexy as it is, but that's, but that, look, that would be the draw, and we've had Gilbert Brown on the podcast, and he's a legend, but Ryan, let the people know, let the people know what the number one prize is here. Well, this is it, and in conjunction with uh, our friends over at Touchdown House, go and find them on Facebook, give them a follow, but they are going to help us do a draw and they have got us the most fantastic uh, prize to give away. All you have to do is turn up. You are straight away just by turning up and wearing a jersey. You must be wearing a jersey. They will give you a ticket with a number on and at the end of the night there will be a draw and the lucky number will be pulled out. It is a signed Mike Holmgren Green Bay Packers jersey. So that's worth a fair bit of money. He's obviously a Super Bowl winning coach. This piece is something that you want hanging on your wall in your Packers room. And the tickets for that raffle, the Mike Holmgren raffle, are at a total cost of free 99, zero, zip, zilch, nada, nothing. You get them for absolutely free. As Ryan says, just wear a jersey and you'll be given a business card or a card or a ticket or whatever. And it's going to have a unique number on it. And uh, everyone gets one, don't they, Ryan? Wearing a jersey. I mean, gee, even if you're well, you not... Well, you just wear a jersey, yeah. And yeah. It, even for those that are bringing uh, Green Bay, um, non-Green Bay fans with them because they're the friends, um, then, you know, even you guys get a ticket. Even, even the goddamn Bears fans, although hopefully you don't win. And if you do win that walk-up to collect the jersey, you might go missing and we might have to draw the raffle again. Yeah. 
Just and I might, I might go beast mode on you. Yeah, we've got. Yeah, come on. Like we've we've got T-shirts to give away. We've got the Gilbert Brown mini helmet raffle. Uh, we've got that Mike Holmgren jersey. We've got Green Bay Packer pins to give away. We're doing games on the night. We're showing reruns of games that the Packers win, like they did against the Lions. Um, it's going to be an incredible night. It's in the Hippodrome, first of October. And again, we're going to have very, very special guests. Not only Touchdown House, we're also going to have the Packers themselves. The film crew from the Packers are coming over. They want to speak with you. If you're an interesting fan, if you've got the gift of the gab like myself and Ryan, uh, they want to get you on camera and have a chat with you. It's exciting stuff. Uh, but we've loads of exciting announcements, don't we, Ryan? Including who's going to be on our Friday celebrity podcast. We're bringing it back. We are bringing back the celebrity podcast episode. Be great. Yeah. Be great. So, number 85 number 85 Greg Jennings Greg Jennings is coming on uh, the podcast on Friday I'll be kicking Ryan out of the podcast studio he's going to go and polish his uh, mini helmets and I'm going to get Greg Jennings in will he be able to replace you Ryan will he have your wit and your talent I just, I just you know I always feel a little bit sad by this because you know I just get used and abused kicked out of the studio when something <laughs> better comes along but do you know what the, the it's, Greg, it's Greg Jennings I suppose and I've forgiven him so we can have him on yeah, and this is what we're interested, right? Because we are going to be announcing it on Twitter um, and we're going to be adding Greg Jennings himself or good old buddy old pal Greg Jennings. Sorry, I'm sorry I'm using that for Greg, Ryan. I'm sorry, that's usually me old buddy and me old pal, Ryan, but I'm going to have to kick you out. So <laughs> he's giving me the peace sign, but in reverse, are you in a mirror? Um, there on the on the screen. So uh, yeah, there you go. Um, so yeah, we're going to have me old, me old buddy, me old pal. So I'm just wondering, I mean, tweet at us. Are you still mad at Greg for going? Did he talk some trash the last time and you aren't happy about it? Is all forgiven in a Brett Farvian kind of way? And how do you feel about it? And if you have any questions that you want me to pose to me old buddy, me old pal, Greg Jennings, well then, of course, tweet in to at UK Packers and let us know and we'll try to pose your questions. Just keep them clean. Yeah, I think it's one of them, isn't it? And then obviously I won't get to share my opinion because he kicked me off the podcast. But um, <laughs> I think it's one of them that, you know, the Green Bay Packers are a family and we saw it with Brett Favre. Um, at the end of the day, he did his bit for green and gold. So you just have to accept he's back. Yeah. But let us know. Do let us know how you feel. And, you know, I, I think we forgive. For, how do you feel about it, Ryan? That's what I want to know. How do you feel about Greggy? Forgiven. Did, did far more good for us than anything really for the vikings so it's all good with me yeah and i mean confident guy really confident guy uh, you know um smart guy very smart guy has a fa little family there you know he just wants to provide for his family he's going to go elsewhere where there's more money because look he's retired now i mean you know he's still a young man uh, if you what if you follow greg and you see him running up and down hills and doing all the work around the house and logging and all this type of gear outside he's a young fit dude and he's retired already so if you go somewhere to get extra cash that'll happen to you you know and like i know people swear allegiance and they like to talk trash about these players but give the guy a break he's got kids he's a human being for god's sake and i think people did make amends didn't they did aaron Rodgers come out at the time he announced his retirement and wish him luck i mean so look if a rod is all forgiven and greg jennings is doing a podcast round to say that he didn't mean that and bad boy yada yada i mean i think we can get over it too so I think that brings us to a to a natural close, Ryan, does it? So I guess we have to say goodbye. And you're going to have to say goodbye for a week. I am. I'm going to miss you, buddy. Tally ho, old chums. <laughs> so from at Steedy NFL on Twitter, at Ryan Peacock NFL on Twitter, at UK Packers on Twitter, it's goodbye for this week. See you in London.